Welcome to the Dildorks Dorky Discourse on Sex, Dating, and Masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and my safe word is red. Who are you, friend? I'm Billy. I am a sex educator and porn maker, and my safe word is red, but frankly, more often what you get out of me is just something along the lines of, oh, nope, nope, we're done with that. Mm-mm, nope, <laughs> no. no, we're not doing that, no. <laughs> Yeah, and we'll get into that. That is what uh, Princess Kelly May calls the genuine distress method of <laughs> discerning when a scene should stop. Um, uh-huh. But so we got a listener request to do an episode about safe words. I think like for a long time, it's been on my list to talk about like consent for a whole episode. But like mm-hmm. every time I started to think about doing that, I was just like, first of all, it's such a serious topic that like I really want to address in a in a good and comprehensive way but secondly Mm. like you kind of can't like there's like so much to say about it there's just like endless you know potential possibilities you Uh, said it and my blood pressure rose like i was like (laughs) sure like no can we can we talk about something funny and light like butt stuff or something i don't know uh but when this listener sent in the idea of doing an episode about safe words i was like i feel like that's a small enough subsection of the consent conversation that i feel like we can talk about that for an hour um Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think it's a good touch point because I think for a lot of people, it is where the conversation about consent kind of starts. Certainly mid scene negotiation and consent and things and communication even. Mm -hmm. Um, It is something that is so synonymous with kink that non-kinksters quote it, right? People who haven't even set foot in the like haven't spoken to anyone in the community know what a safe word is you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um so i think it is a good starting point for the conversation because of all of that and because like too many people stop the conversation there or -hmm. think that that is like like you said it is a very small facet of what consent looks like and i think we're going to be talking a lot about that in this conversation as well Yeah, and normally I would do a content note off the top, and, like, I still might, depending on what we get into exactly, but I just want to say, like, because we are talking about a consent tool, like, we are going to be touching on violations of consent and things like people dissociating and not feeling able to use their safe words and uh, having their boundaries crossed and whatnot. So if that stuff's tough for you, I encourage you to take care of yourself however you need, and Mm -hmm. we love you. We'll likely talk about CNC a decent amount, too, um, Mm -hmm. because... Again, safe words are safe words are talked about like they're this ubiquitous thing, and like, frankly, they're really only particularly relevant if you're playing with CNC and you want the opportunity for no to not mean no, mm-hmm. because like it it is not like there are many other ways to communicate the thing safe words are intended to do. And really, they're only particularly important in these scenarios where you want to be able to say something very particular. You want to be able to say no and have it not mean no. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's let's define our terms just in case anybody doesn't uh, know what we're talking about. CNC stands for consensual non-consent, which is essentially mm-hmm. the play acting of the situation being non-consensual when, in fact, you have consented to it. Um, typically, this is a thing you're going to want to negotiate. Uh, pretty intensely before you do it Mm -hmm. uh, and or do it with a partner who knows what your boundaries generally are like I could Mm -hmm. do CNC I think fairly easily with my current partner without like doing a ton of negotiation like we would definitely want to check in about things like anything I need to know about your body and brain today that would be relevant Mm -hmm. for this scene but for the most part they know where my boundaries are so we wouldn't need to have you know like an hour-long discussion about it but if I was playing with a new person then I would want to you know go through things in a very detailed way and so it's 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 a pretty core part of my play Mm -hmm. so like with with my partner and like because of that you also if it is a thing you do often you also do get kind of a language of what play acting looks like versus genuine not feeling great and like that's not by any means you're perfect right but Mm -hmm. like there is kind of a shared language there that you can kind of get to learn Mm -hmm. you know what I mean um for folks who do it somewhat regularly as well yeah 
And so when we talk about a safe word, we're talking about a word that means, I mean, as we'll get into, like, you can actually negotiate that different safe words mean different things. Like, it doesn't have to mean this, but typically when we talk about a safe word, we mean a word that brings the play to a halt. That means, like, I need this scene to end right now. I am, mm-hmm. I'm no longer consenting or in a moment I will no longer be consenting to what is happening. And so we need mm-hmm. to stop. And uh, like you said, this is something that you'd typically use in a situation where you want to be able to say, like, no, stop, uh, in a sort of play acting way and have that not bring an end to the scene. Because maybe Uh that's part of how you get into headspace. Maybe that's just, like, fun for you. Um, It, it, you know, creates, it helps create the illusion that you're trying to create in your scene. And so you want a word that means, no, we're really stopping. And usually people say, if you're not using a system like the stoplight, system um which i think is actually a a really good like just general safe word system for most people Mm -hmm. where red means stop yellow means usually like check in or slow down and green means like i'm good or like keep going um if you're not using one of those typically people say pick a word that's like not going to come up in the scene or in Mm -hmm. regular conversation a word that's like really clear like when you hear it you know that you heard it like one i often hear people say is like pineapple um Mm -hmm. A word that's like random and like sticks out and has its own, you know, audible um, vibe that's just not going to mm-hmm. blend into other stuff. Did I miss mm-hmm. anything in the in the sort of definition of safe word here? No, no, no I think that's pretty comprehensive. I have I have six million thoughts, but they're answers to questions that I know you have coming. <laughs> so I'm I'm just going to shut up and let you keep going. <laughs> okay, so For once in my life. Let's talk about our own current relationship to safe words. What are yeah. you currently using for safe words and like why? Like how did you come to that? I use the stoplight system because it's somewhat universal. Um, every kinkster worth their salt has encountered red as a safe word and associates the word red with a safe word at least a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Um, so if you slip up at all and like don't negotiate a thing ahead of time or whatever. Like, I don't have a secret magic password that is my safe word. My safe word is the one that you recognize, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't have to remember one for each partner, right? I don't have to remember what I talked about with you. What's our little inside joke, right? Like, because mm-hmm. I think when I first came to this, there is some fun of being like, I'm going to pick my special word that is for me that means things. And that's right. really cute. And I fully get that impulse. I want to do that with so many things. And you need to remember the headspace you're going to be in when you're trying to find this word. And mm-hmm. you're not going to be thinking about your cute little inside joke. Like, yeah. Unless it has been like quite well beaten into your brain for lack of a better term. I don't know. <laughs> but like, you know, like it's, whereas red, it's just, Anytime I talk about safe words, the example we're using is red. Every public space I've played in, I'm not going to speak for every space everywhere, but every public space I've played in, red and or safe word are the house safe words. Mm -hmm. Whereas if the person you're playing with doesn't hear it and someone else does, whether it's a DM or someone involved in the organization or whatever, they will step in and help. So Mm -hmm. again, like I don't want to be thinking about, well, if I was at home, I'd be saying artichoke, but I'm in this space and I don't know if this person's going to hear me, so I want this other person... I need help. I want to say red. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the the gradient. I like that. We'll talk about this later. But if I want my safe word to mean something other than just stop, uh, I can give it another color, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like blue we often use for medical or I have folks with, um, I guess I am getting into this now, not later. Well, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have folks with... Um, uh, I have a friend who has IBS and likes rope bondage, and um, sometimes there is an emergency in the middle of their rope scene, and they need to get out of their rope so they can get to the bathroom and take care of whatever they need to take care of or whatever. It is an emergency. We do urgently need to stop. That is a time to use a safe word. But what we need to stop and do is just, just untie this thing enough to get my legs free so I can go over to the bathroom and come back, right? Right. Like, I'm not panicking. You haven't done something wrong. This is an emergency that we know about and we know what we need to do about it. So you give it its own special color, right? So you can communicate all that information. It's handy for something like that where you're like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I don't want to get into all the details. I just want to tell you what's going on. Right. You could also do it for like, I'm having a panic attack. I'm having an anxiety attack. I'm running low on words. This is, I can't describe the feeling I'm feeling, Mm -hmm. but- a version of me that has more words has told you what I needed. So I can just say purple and you can do the rest from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, certainly you can do that with any flavor of safe words, but I, 
the colors, it just, it, if they feel well suited. Yeah, I also use the stoplight system. I love it. I think that when I first got into kink, like you said, I was kind of intrigued by the idea of coming up with a safe word that sort of like expressed something about my personality or my play mm -hmm. style or whatever. Like that was like kind of fun and cute for me. But then when I actually started doing scenes, especially heavier scenes, I was like, oh yeah, like, these are not coming to mind for me when I need them. And also like I can barely get out like one syllable, let alone mm -hmm. three or four. So yeah, uh, stoplight system works great for me. I One of the things I really love about it is that you don't have to, as the top, you don't have to wait for the other person to say a word. You can check and say, like my partner will say, what color are you? Um, mm -hmm. Particularly if like they've just done something that they're like not sure if it like maybe crossed a line or they just want to check in terms of intensity. I'll use this a lot as a top when I'm doing like emotional stuff with my partner when they're in chastity, like humiliation stuff or cuckolding type stuff that like might be kind of touchy because a lot mm -hmm. of times their reactions to that sound like the kind of thing where if we were in regular everyday life, I would be like, fuck, like I really hurt your feelings there, didn't I? Shit. So like uh -huh. I would want to check in and I would say, what color are you? And usually I get a green. Um, and the other thing that I really love about it is yellow is so useful. Like, yeah. I think one of the things that freaks people out about safe words is the idea that it has to mean like the scene is over. Mm -hmm. And we do need a word that means that, absolutely. But I also think that there's a lot of space in between where, like, something's wrong, but you don't want the scene to end. So, like, you mm -hmm. just said about your friend with IBS, or sometimes I start to have intrusive thoughts mid-scene mm -hmm. where, like, I'm just spinning off into something unrelated and I need to either talk about that or, like, just have my partner's attention be brought to that. Um Sometimes I often use yellow for places of my body. Oh, mm. we're a yellow on that thigh. You can go elsewhere, mm. but <laughs> we are reaching my limit on that one. <sighs> right. You know? Yeah, and I like the malleability of yellow as well because, like, for example, if my partner is doing a pretty straightforward impact play scene on me and I say yellow, typically that's going to mean you're hitting me too hard and I need you to back off a little on the intensity. But mm. it can also mean something more general in other types of scenes and in that type of scene, like I need you to check in with me and see if I'm okay. Maybe mm -hmm. I need to drink some water. Maybe I uh, am having those intrusive thoughts. Um, maybe, yeah, my thigh is hurting and I need to move yeah. it or whatever. I used to have like colors that we would sometimes use in addition to the three main ones. Like I think we used mm -hmm. to have one for hypnosis that was like purple or something that meant like I'm okay. I just want to be brought a little bit out of trance so I can like say something to you mm -hmm. but I've kind of found that all of those types of things for me like pretty much fit into yellow mm -hmm. like because yellow usually means like something's up check with me yeah. about what that is so but yeah. you know you can you can use whatever feels right for you it's like a little indicator light yeah exactly yeah I okay so this is bringing up a conversation I had with some kinky friends that I think was mostly in it's one of those conversations that I like jumped into the middle of so I have no idea the origin of it or where it went um but basically we were discussing in response to uh that question of like give me a color getting beige <laughs> as like no everything's fine you could just do more of whatever xyz of what is happening right you could be meaner you could be i'm a little disengaged i need you to like loop me back in mm. and like oof the visceral stab to my chest when i first like <laughs> the word beige i was like oh but also i immediately knew what they meant and have i know that like i've had that feeling where i'm like no this is fun and all i think you think you're warming me up and i don't think you really like i'm good i'm good you could be you haven't learned my tolerance yet. We should. This is fun. Love this. Fast forward a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And like, so there is, I feel, a usefulness to being able to communicate that. And also, I ain't going to call beige in the middle of a scene. <laughs> right. I think that that points out that green, like yellow, also can uh -huh. mean more than one thing. Uh -huh. um, for me, in my sex life, usually green just means like, I'm good. Like what you're doing is good. Continue doing that. But yeah, you might want to have a word that's like a super green. That's like, no, yeah. you should really dial it up. Um, yeah. 
Because, yeah, and it's not even quite like, because green for me is like, yes, I love this and more of this. And like mm-hmm. that feeling of beige is like, no, I mean, this is, is this, I hope this is doing something for you because we're not, <laughs> I'm not, I need you to know, like, I need a little bit, you know? Right. And like, yeah. And, that is sometimes particularly if you're in a subby position, like a hard thing to ask for to be like, actually, could you be like a little, and I don't know, I'm saying this like I have an answer. I don't. Generally, what I lean towards is like leaning more into the hits, like all of mm-hmm. the body language I do for like, no, I'm real ready. No, you can do more of that. No, <laughs> ow, oops, go ahead more, right? Like all those mm-hmm. things. Um but it's got me thinking that like that might be a helpful thing to negotiate. I've done it in specific scenes. I did like an age play scene uh, that was like a coercive CNC thing. You know this story. Um, listeners probably know this story um, where I gave uh, D guardrails and I told them if they wanted me uh, to back off a little bit and if I was being too pushy, they could do, oh, you're scaring me. And if they wanted me to be a little pushier, they could do, you know, well, I'm not a little boy, you know, right? <laughs> um, and like it fit with the theme of what we were playing and it allowed me to like t- calibrate my volume dial for lack of a better metaphor. Yeah. Um, and like you can do that in specific scenes, but I don't know. This has got me thinking that there may be a usefulness in like, hey, you're losing me. I want to be engaged in this a little bit more. And there's not enough happening to like captivate and monopolize my attention the way kink scenes do and the way I need to be guided into subspace. So I need you to turn the volume up on something, whether it is being more present in connection whether it is more pain whether it is etc but like speed you know whatever mm-hmm. anyway yeah i think that um there's a lot of role play scenarios where especially in a bratty way you could find a way to ask for more or to sort mm-hmm. of taunt someone into giving you more but there's also a lot of situations where like that wouldn't really be appropriate or make sense for the character so yeah i think that makes right. sense yeah 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 I want to talk about whether it's possible to play safely without a safe word. Um, There's a video that I'm going to link in the show notes that's from Princess Kelly May, who is, Mm -hmm. among other things, uh, has been a pro-dom, especially in the space of like disciplinary and spanking. Mm -hmm. Um, And she has this great video about how to play safely without a safe word, which she emphasizes a lot of times throughout the video that she does not recommend doing. Mm -hmm. But there are people, especially kind of in her community, where the fantasy is about discipline and punishment. Mm-hmm. who feel like it's not really a punishment if you can get out of it, quote unquote, that easily, or it takes mm-hmm. them out of headspace to know that they could get out of it or whatever. And so she proposes like a bunch of things that she thinks are like good measures. But kind of one of the main things that she brings up is what I mentioned earlier, the genuine distress method, mm-hmm. which is like you're just paying attention for signs that something has gone wrong and that the person is not enjoying the scene or, or reacting to it the way that you both want them to be reacting to it. And the thing about this is like, it kind of requires that you know each other at least a bit to know like what this person's baseline is. And it also kind of moves a lot of the responsibility onto the top because yes, part of the responsibility there still is on the bottom to exhibit those signs of genuine distress if they need to. But if you're at the point of genuine distress, you might not really be thinking about how to show that to somebody um and so i think that it mostly just moves all the responsibility onto the top to watch very carefully which to me seems like i mean maybe this is just and i'm I'm a super anxious top but like seems like it would really take you out of the moment and make it hard to enjoy the scene and feel at all confident about what you're doing so i don't really understand people who do this but like i i get why you might want to I just don't for me I don't think that there's like really enough justification to ever play without a safe word but I don't know what do you think yeah I mean can you play safely without a safe word sure lots of ways no can just mean no right 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 that is the thing people always forget when they talk about that question so like I know I said it already but I'm gonna say it again yeah um and also you can play plenty safely without a safe word if you're not approaching anyone's limits Right. Right. Like, I, 
if I'm negotiating at a like kink tasting and I'm like an experienced kinkster, I just haven't played with this particular flavor of impact or whatever, and I don't mention a safe word in that negotiation, it's not the end of the world. I'm probably not going to get anywhere near using it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, so like, yeah. But if we're talking specifically about like playing close to your edges and not having a way out, essentially, um. Uh, can it be done of course can it be done safely Mm, that there are gradients of the word safe there are Mm -hmm. safer ways to do it um no kink is that's 100 safe right but like and this is inherently a risky thing um i don't think it should be done unless you have like a lot of rapport like you were talking about right this isn't a thing that you can do in pickup play and if you were as a bottom walking around demanding it because it makes your dick hard um that's quite selfish of you frankly yeah um to be like no i'm not actually willing to put any of the work into like developing the trust that's needed or whatever or the responsibility and vulnerability of like yeah you like the top will be blamed if somebody's boundaries are crossed in that situation like i i think that like people usually don't have a very nuanced view of this because in many cases it is the top's fault but like that really sucks for the top to have all that responsibility put on them when like that doesn't need to be the case right and essentially what you're saying you're like you're saying that it, it Im- infringes on your fantasy to have like the little the little bit of cognitive dissonance that like mm-hmm. I could technically not get out of this, but I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's a thought that just crossed my mind that I'm gonna let fall out of my mouth, even though it's inadvisable. Mm-hmm. I am curious how many of the people who strongly take that stance are cis men who like to bottom to pro-doms because not for nothing or like like to dom to pretty femdoms in or like to bottom to pretty femdoms in general right Mm -hmm. because like not for nothing saying i don't want to know that there's a word that i can use to get out of this and like that lets me think i couldn't get out if i really want to feels very different from someone who's got 50 to 80 pounds on me and could just stand the fuck up if i have them pulled over my knee right like (laughs) just gonna let that sit there (laughs) it it is it's one of the things that it's one of the things kelly may brings up in her video actually is that one of the circumstances under which she would say maybe you can play safely without a safe word is if the bottom is physically larger or stronger or otherwise Mm. can physically get away from the top if they are no longer consenting because then it's like yeah if you if you can just do that, then maybe you don't need to have a word that means that. But I would also argue, like, counterpoint, even people who are physically large and strong may dissociate or have a medical episode or have a, like, panic episode or something that prevents them from physically getting away or fighting off the top in that situation. And so I, again, don't think that that's something you can really safely rely on. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. That is not something I'm saying to rely on. That yeah, is, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm saying... They're going into this saying, I don't want to have a safe word because it fucks up my fantasy. My fantasy is that I can't get away from this at all. And knowing I have a safe word means I can get away from this. Right. You've already chosen to ignore the fact that you're large enough to stand the fuck up, if that's true. Right. right? (laughs) That you're large enough to, like, have the power in this situation if you really needed to. Right. Um, And you're saying that I don't want to have a safe word and you're expecting the top to shoulder all of the burden of pretending all of the the top also knows you came and consented to this and is pretending that's not true for their fantasy and mm-hmm. is like we're all holding a little bit of cognitive dissonance to play this game because it's a little bit of make-believe and that's what's fun our mm-hmm. brains need that creative imaginative space right? right um but yeah you're saying i'm not willing to do any of that imagination you have to shoulder all of the imagination and all of the risk which just feels real selfish to me yeah. um that was a whole soapbox about my feelings and not about the practicality of actually doing this. Um, it's fine. In reality, though, yeah, I think if it is particularly hot to you to say I don't have a magic word that I can get out of this and mm-hmm. you want to play in that way, I think it needs to be with someone that you're very well established with. 
I think you need to choose the particular type of play you're going to play without safe words with, or at least start there, right? We're going to start doing impact scenes without safe words and see what that looks like. And then you're going to have like lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of scenes where the top stops way before you're even close to safe wording, right? Mm -hmm. And then you talk afterwards about how close were you and what did that feel like and what, and you creep closer and closer to that line and pay a lot of attention to the different ways your bottom reacts as they get closer and further to that line. And you talk to them after the scene about where they were in relation to that line, right? And you prepare for the time, parentheses times, that you're going to cross over that line because that's Mm -hmm. what you've decided playing this game you're like we want to find out where that line is and you can't find it until you cross it at least once if Mm -hmm. not several times and see all the different paths across that line and what they look like Mm -hmm. and what they look like on your bottom's body and hopefully you tiptoe a foot or so on the other side of the line and go oh shit we're on this side oh fuck and go back to the other side and like discuss it and handle it and don't Mm -hmm. like run a mile and turn around and go hey is that line back there that we set up (laughs) right yeah (laughs) we're trying to we're trying to get as close as we can and we accept that we're gonna go over a little bit but yeah and have a fuck ton of conversation um but like i cannot emphasize enough that if you are signing up for that type of play this is true with most kink but particularly if you are signing up for that type of play you are signing up to have your consent violated slash violate someone's consent hopefully Mm -hmm. in really minor ways Yeah. But that is going to happen because you're not giving yourself the tools. You're you're relying on nonverbal communication, and that requires learning what nonverbal communication looks like between the two of you. Yeah. So, like, if that's within your risk profile, if that is a thing that you're comfortable, like, yeah, no, I'm going to have a bad time with my partner, and my partner and I are going to sit together and work our way through it and it's hot enough to me that like the risk of that bad time makes the other time so much more fun and knowing that sometimes there will be a bad time and sometimes we got to get through it I you know that little roulette wheel is gets my dick hard great but walk into that room prepared to have those conversations you know yeah know that that you are signing up for the worst case scenario it just feels to me like agreeing to ride in a car without wearing a seatbelt like yeah maybe that feels like more exhilarating for a second but then like what are you gonna I don't know I'm just, <laughs> I'm just realizing the deeper we get into this conversation the more I'm like I just don't think I could ever like I don't know um well that <sighs> we well we and very much you I think eroticize the trust and the vulnerability of kink too much for that. Whereas there are a lot of people who come to it for the fear. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, my brain is thinking about a difference between like a collaborative and non-collaborative or combative approach to kink, which I don't mean, I don't mean as aggressively as it sounds. Um, Mm -hmm. But a little more adversarial, the way sometimes brats talk about their dynamic, where, like, it is about the push and the pull, it is about the banter, it is about the, like... Right. And I could see in that, especially if you add layers of fear on top of that, especially if you add, like, I can see being, like, no, I want the person I'm playing with to feel like a big, scary, bad guy who won't listen to me no matter what I say. Mm Mm-hmm. And I want complete freedom to flail about helplessly in that space, Right. Yeah. I I can understand that reality. And I want you to understand the level of risk you're taking if you are like, no, I it needs to feel so real. It needs to feel super re- like does it? If it does, sign up for that risk, but like I don't know, scale it back a couple of ways and see see how it feels and tiptoe your way up to that line cuz like maybe it doesn't or maybe it only does sometimes with certain people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we're kind of getting into um, the first listener question on my list, which was uh, a listener. Oh, good! To know. Thirty minutes in, we're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to know how do you respond to people who say that safe words quote ruin the fun or ruin the realism? Um, and you don't. You walk away. <laughs> <laughs> so this made me think. There was another point in Kelly May's video that I really liked, where she said, 
there's a perception maybe that if someone has a safe word that like the bottom will misuse it like they'll use it as soon as the sensations get too intense but not maybe at the point where they quote unquote should be using the safe word and first of all I want to say like if you feel like you want or need to say for it, like you can say for it. Like there, there doesn't need to be a threshold that you get to that's like, oh, it's okay for me to say for it now. Like whatever. <laughs> but she said that sometimes tops worry that bottoms will sort of say for it like in bad faith in this way where it's like they're they're safe wording when they like don't really quote unquote need to be doing it. But at the same time, um, she said that sometimes in the sort of spanko disciplinarian world, there will be an occasional like bottom who will say for it sort of as a joke or like like it, as a way of bratting and uh and then they'll be like oh, I was just joking and then they're like expecting their top to like punish them for doing that with like more spankings and Kelly Mae's like I take a hard line on that like if you safe worded like we're done like if mm -hmm. someone says like I was just joking I'm just like well I'm not and like that yeah. means like the scene's over and I do think that that's an important point that like safe words are sacred. Like they have to mean what you agree that they mean. Like you can't yeah. just like twist them. You can't use them as a joke. Like I, I have encountered this too, where people like will sort of laughingly say their safe word as a way of joking, like, ow, oh, that really hurt. But like, no, the safe word means you have withdrawn your consent for what's going on. It has to mean that. Right. Like I colloquially jokingly use reds all the time where like, I don't know. My boyfriend will propose. <laughs> My boyfriend will invite me to a, a a thing with his family or a, a part of his friend group that I don't super well get along with, or like super muggle friends or something, and be like, "We could go to this." I'll be like, "I'm no, nah, I'm red on that dinner party. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, no, absolutely right." But like, yeah, you don't do that in a fucking scene. No, like <laughs> again, defeats the purpose of using the thing, right? Um, but in terms of it, like, ruining the fun or ruining the realism, like, I just really don't understand this because for me, the existence of the safe word is the way I'm able to have the fun and have the realism. Because if I don't have the safe word, I would just be worrying constantly, like, oh, shit, what if this goes too far? What if I need to get out of this? Is this person gonna hurt me are they gonna harm me how can I how can I relax and enjoy what's happening if I'm scared mm -hmm. about that eventuality it does feel like getting into a car and not putting the seatbelt on like I I can't fucking if the seatbelt in a car doesn't work I actually they can't even concentrate in talking to a friend of mine who's in the car with me like because I'm just thinking like what if we get into a car accident like I'm and it's the same thing here like I just really can't focus and so I need in order to suspend my disbelief and be in that illusion of that schoolgirl scene or that ddlg scene or whatever i need to know that i'm actually safe and for me a safe word is a critical part of that and i think that that's like a perfectly fine line to draw where like if someone says to you like i don't play with safe words to me that's like red flag run yeah unless yeah. you uh, think that this person is like willing to put in the time and effort and work to have these negotiations that we're talking about in order to make safe word free play safer but i i just think that's a fucking red flag i don't know yeah i yeah, that's a red flag for me it, unless you have enough rapport with this person to understand what they mean by that and to understand that they don't want like like i the only context in which it's not a red flag is if someone is talking to me and they're like, oh yeah, you know, with my partner, we don't play in safe words. We don't play with safe words with this kind of thing, right? If they're talking about in a specific dynamic or relationship, cool. Yeah. I I might have follow-up questions if you want to play with me. Like I might, I might put a pin in that. I might be curious about your, the way you play, right? But like, I don't know your relationship, live your life, right? But anyone who is like coming to me to newly negotiate and like is talking about that as just a way they play, yeah, no, absolutely not. That's silly. I also want to talk about what you were saying about like this idea that bottoms will like use it too quickly or something and like, or like use it when they don't really need to use it or something yeah. like here's the thing <laughs> this isn't like a medical procedure where it's like it's gonna i was trying to see if i could come up with something better and i really can't it's not like eh. anyway it's not like it's a medical procedure where like 
I, it's going to be uncomfortable, but the longer we can do it, the better, the more medicine that's going to get in you or the better it's mm. going to be for you or something like right. if you can endure this uncomfortable stretching, your muscles are going to be so much happier after, right? Like mm-hmm. is, is, it's not that the, the whole point of this is that we both want to do this thing and it is fun to do the same. We're enjoying doing this thing and we have signed up for this thing. Right. So like there is no such thing as not. As a, as a, like, it's not like, it's not like, oh, is the pain worth the, like, I'm not going to get the medical benefits of being punched in the ass or like, you know, like (laughs) the, the moment you are thinking this is not fun anymore. I don't want it. Like, this is, this is no longer giving me what I would like out of it. I would like it to stop is, is the minute that you're done. Right. Mm -hmm. The only time I could see that being an issue is if you are. A person who maybe like me um, is really, really into like super pushing your limits on endurance and like trying to and like really into fear and really into doing things that really, really scare them and that like feel huge and intimidating and also is like externalizes their anxiety more than me maybe or Mm -hmm. is a little more anxious and nervous kind of in the way you were describing around like needing to know that safe word is there and feeling it like a safety blanket. Like Mm -hmm. for me, I'm not particularly conscious of it. And I rarely even have moments when things are struggling where I'm like safe word, not safe word, safe word. Mm. Mm. Like things are hard and I'm just like, Oh fuck, this is hard. And we'll talk probably a little more about how I communicate in that moment in a bit. But like I could see someone who like, is more nervous maybe letting the safe word fall out of their mouth before they want to and like the scene stopping and then not joking but realizing like oh maybe I could have done a little bit more maybe I the first time it came to mind I let it fall out of my mouth and I wanted to play with that a little bit like I think that is a thing you can discuss and negotiate and maybe like okay maybe you have to read and then 10 seconds later, you have to read again. Like your first read, we pause the scene and you sit in it and then you have to do it like mm. give yourself a second to reconsider or whatever. Like I think there are ways to work around that if your bottom is coming to you and being like, I'm chickening out faster than I want to. Like my first impulse is to chicken out and then – which again, that is not – safe wording is not chickening out. But I can understand – a version where it would feel that way to myself. Yeah. Where my, my fir- like giving into my yourself. first fear impulse. Yeah. Yeah. And like giving into my first fear impulse that like, I'm like, no, upon reflection of 10 seconds, it didn't scare me. I, it jump scared me. Like I like, I was like, ah, right. I can't, no, red. Ah. Oh, oh, okay. Right. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I can see a person who that is like, and like maybe for that person you work on like, okay. Like, again, we figure out systems for you to like, actually sit and reconsider it right but that's a very specific instance and most Mm -hmm. bottoms i encounter struggle in the opposite way right they are hemming and hawing on if it's appropriate and if i should safe word and what are they going to think of me when i safe word and what's going to happen when i safe word and Mm -hmm. like does it mean i'm a bad i failed or i'm a bad bottom or all of these things and like not using their safe word so like i'm way more concerned about those people than i am the few people who like oh they could have been playing for an extra 10 15 minutes on this scene and they're not going to get to and they're going to have to talk about it a little bit more and learn how to do that on their next scene like that's fine that's i'm very comfy with that margin of error you know yeah it's safer to stop sooner than you need to i don't get the panic around like what if somebody safe words quote unquote too soon like it's not yeah I also think this is a this is a key reason I really like the stoplight system is that just the existence of yellow is such a game changer, um, mm-hmm. both for the top and for the bottom. Because there are times when like suddenly the pain ramps up in a scene or the discomfort ramps up, and I do think, oh shit, do I need to safe word? And those times, usually I don't. Like it's vanishingly rare I've needed to do like a red type of safe mm-hmm. word in my sex life I think it's happened less than three times ever maybe mm-hmm. in my life um, but when I creep up on a limit like that I like yellow because I don't have to end the whole scene because often I the reason that I don't want to end the scene is just as much for myself as it is for my partner and yeah. so I don't want to like shortchange myself of the experience I want to have mm-hmm. um, I'll also say 
I think that there's a difference between I'm not comfortable and this sensation feels like it's nearing my limit versus I am not consenting to Mm -hmm. have this be happening to me. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that when you're earlier in your kink journey, maybe it's a little bit harder to discern what that line is. Mm -hmm. But when you've been doing it for a while, my experience anyway, has been like, I know when pain is like, I really need this to stop or something bad is going to happen versus like, this is really hard, but this is what I wanted out of Mm -hmm. it. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it can take practice and repetition and getting to know yourself and your body and your responses to figure out where that line is. But I think that that's worth figuring out, especially if you want to have these like edgier or more intense experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll also say like, The internal experience of thinking to myself, like, should I safe word? Like, I'm nearing a point where I want a safe word, maybe. Like, do I really want to do it? Like, I'll have that conversation with myself in my head while an intense scene is going on once in a while. And even just that moment helps me feel more like, no, I'm consenting and I'm having a good time and this is what I want. Like, it is actually Mm -hmm. such a, a useful few moments for me in terms of remembering why I'm doing this, remembering why I like this and remembering mm-hmm. that this is fun and that this is what I wanted, etc. Yeah. And I, if I didn't have that safe word as an option, I think I would just be panicking. I think w- when those yeah. types of feelings got too intense, I think I would just be freaking out about like, fuck, like I think this is getting to be too much and I don't know what to do about it and I can't communicate about that and what do I do? Whereas when there's a safe word, I know exactly what my contingency plan would be. I know exactly mm-hmm. what I would need to do if it in fact is too much. And so I'm having that internal dialogue about is it too much? And that helps me check in with myself and just be like, is this cool? Is this what I want? And that is so valuable for me. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. We're actually coming up on time, so this is definitely going to be a two-parter because we got a lot of listener questions about this. Uh, mm-hmm. But I thought before we wrap up, maybe we should talk about what do you actually do after somebody safe words? Like, say somebody says red, whether it's you or your partner, like what happens next after that? Yeah, this is a thing that I think is really important to negotiate ahead of time, if you can, hopefully, um, because in the way you were talking about knowing that the safe word is your contingency plan Mm -hmm. um can like helps you feel a little bit safer in that like there's a big difference between knowing i say red and we're gonna stop and my partner is gonna give me a hug and like ask me what happened like what's going on why did i safe word and is gonna sit with me while i explain and we're gonna cuddle and like talk about if we maybe want to keep playing or do a thing and if not like maybe we'll just fuck and reconnect or whatever and have a nice night together right like for me that would sound really comforting because it means that like when I say red I'm not shutting everything down right Mm -hmm. I'm not ending everything and like you know atomic lockdown whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, however for an entirely different human that could feel like I said red and suddenly you were like right on top of me and demanding I give you an explanation for what happened and like trying to fuck and start playing again immediately. And I don't even know how I feel yet. And it's like a lot of pressure and right. Mm -hmm. Um, Same behaviors, but like that person might need you to like take a step back, send a friend into the room, like go and get your blanket and put on some TV and let you sit and come to them when you have answers. Right. So like, Ideally, um, even if you've never safe worded in a scene, look at the kind of things you need when like your trigger shit is going down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I, I look, at, I look at when I'm having a meltdown, um, or when yeah, you're activated. You've had a really, really long, exhausting day. Everything has gone wrong, right? You're deep in your feels. Like, what kind of things help you feel better, and what kind of yeah. things do you have the emotional resources to do? Mm-hmm. Um. And those are the things that I would, like, set yourself up for. So you have a picture of, like, what that path even looks like. Like, I open the safe word door and what is behind it. Right. Um, I think that's really, really helpful. And it's going to depend wildly on – or it can very wildly based on who you're playing with and what scene you're doing and that sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Melina Williams-Haas talks about – um, when she does really intense edge play mm-hmm. scenes, particularly about race play type stuff, that sometimes she needs to do aftercare with someone who was not the person she was doing the scene with. Because if this person has just been like yelling, you know, racial slurs or, at her, or, like beating the shit out of her, or whatever, maybe she doesn't want to 
be around yeah. that person, which is like yeah. reasonable. Um, I think in that case, like it's good to have a plan for like when might we check in after the yeah. scene? Um, because probably the top is going to be struggling with their emotions as well at that time. But if they know kind of when they're going to reconvene or, or hopefully reconvene, then that might help. Um, yeah. I have a friend who has talked about needing to like scenes that have gone wrong or even gotten right, but were rough where mm-hmm. they needed to just be away from the top, their sp- partner, spouse, husband, like talking about needing to be away from him for a second and <laughs> literally saying things like, love you we're okay i need to leave like, yeah, yeah. Like and that can go a long way to just say that yeah right like we are you didn't ruin this relationship of several many years get the fuck out of my face you know mm-hmm. like right <laughs> and you know kink brings up a complexity of emotions mm-hmm. <laughs> and holding space for both of those things i think can be really valuable even if you know it's through good and teeth like we're still married get out of my room <laughs> right like <laughs> you're calling your best friend you know like if you can if you have the 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 acknowledgement or the the presence of mind to be like i feel this a lot Mm -hmm. but it is not bigger than an entire other relationship and i recognize our relationship has space to hold this Mm -hmm. it can go a long way i think for both of you yeah um Oftentimes in this situation, the bottom may be sort of disoriented and having a difficult time vocalizing or or articulating themselves. Not always. There are definitely times, of course, when top safe word. Mm -hmm. We will get into that next episode. Um, Mm -hmm. But in my experience, often as the bottom, like because I've been taking sensation or enduring a difficult thing, like I might have trouble with my words. I might have trouble thinking clearly, knowing what I need being able to ask for it. So for me, it's really helpful in this moment if someone can ask me very clear yes or no or either or questions. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, like, uh, I guess I should give some examples of that. Um, like, would you like me to cuddle you or would you like some space? Um, would you like me to open the window so you can get some fresh air or would you like a blanket so you can feel warm? Mm-hmm. Um, would you like us to sit here in silence or would you like me to put on a funny show or podcast or whatever Mm -hmm. um another thing is there's like a few things i've found that like pretty much universally for me will always work if i have like gotten triggered in a scene or have safe worded or even just like needed to take a break one of them is a glass of water I just feel like this is a good thing. Like a lot of times you get dehydrated in scenes. I also find that even outside of sex and kink, like if I get nauseous or if I get panicky or anything like that, like a glass of cold water works wonders. Mm. Um, Fresh air is also really helpful for me, like be near a window, just breathe deeply. Um, I'd say breathing in general is good if you can remind someone to breathe deeply. Um, I would also say maybe look up some of those exercises that they recommend for people who are dissociating or who are triggered. Um, I often find I'm sort of dissociated in this mind state, even if things haven't gone wrong and I haven't safe worded. So it can be helpful to do those exercises that are like, look around and name like five things you can see, four things you can, you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes it's like, look around and name like five pink things in this room or whatever mm-hmm. um just forces you to engage with your environment and like reconnect with your physical reality a little bit when that might be difficult mm-hmm. and i would also say like especially as a top your instinct might be to instantly be like what did i do wrong like what happened and let's talk about it and the thing is you just the two of you might not have the words or the emotional capacity to be able to do that right away and like mm-hmm. that has to be okay like there are people who are going to want to talk about it right away and say like that was fucked up or like that was too much or whatever but mm-hmm. a lot of times you're going to need to give it at minimum like 5 minutes and it might even be you know a week or two depending yeah. on what the situation was and um i've had to develop skills as a bottom to be able to be like I can't talk about this right now, but can we talk about it in 20 minutes or something like that? Like, and if 20 minutes goes by and I'm still like, I can't talk about this, like, that's okay. I just, I, you know, it's important to keep my partner abreast of what's going on with me. I get the impulse to want to know what you did wrong. I also get the impulse Mm -hmm. to want to fix it or to make them feel better or to ask Mm -hmm. all of the questions or do you need this? Do you want this? Do you want that? How about you try this thing? Why don't we? And I think your instinct or your goal initially should be 
to err on the side of being more passive than being more attentive um Mm. for like i mean i would say know your partner relatively well right but i would find it way more comforting to have someone who is present and there and lets me know here you know would you like something to drink would you whatever and also is not sitting next to me waiting for me to feel better and have the worst. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, okay, do you want something to drink? I'm going to get you this. All right, would you like some cuddles or do you want to sit? Okay, you want to sit? Great. I'm going to do this on my phone. I'm going to check in with you in like five, ten minutes. You let me know if you need something. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that kind of presence would help me know that, like, this person is here and concerned about me and wants to care for me. And also their self-worth isn't contingent on me feeling better. Like, I haven't done something wrong by safe wording. They aren't sitting there spiraling, convinced that, like, they our relationship is irreparably damaged and they're never going to be a dominant again or whatever other fears creep up, right? And, like, this is not to say that you cannot have anxiety as a dominant. Like, this is not to say that those fears can't start creeping up. And in that moment... I think, like, when you are both quite activated, it is both of y'all's responsibility to be like, okay, what do I have the capacity to act? What do we have the capacity to have conversations about right now? And what don't we? Mm -hmm. And, like, how can we show up for each other as best we can and also create as much space for each other as we can? You know? Yep. Um, So I think, like, yes, you want to be present. You want to let them know that you are there in whatever ways you need to be to make this right. And you can't, you can't just sit there and wait, (laughs) literally or metaphorically, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. That stresses me out. Yeah. Um, I also want to say, like, it's okay if you don't know what you're going to need after you save word, especially if you, like, never save worded before. Like, it's actually a really hard headspace to sort of imagine and try to project yourself into mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to learn over time. I've definitely yeah. had to learn this stuff over time. Um, you're going to probably get things wrong. That's part of how you learn. Uh, but you can look back afterward when you're feeling better and be like, that was really helpful when you did this or when you brought me the glass of water or whatever. And maybe what would have been also helpful is if you did this or brought me this. And you just build that list together over time. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you get to a point where if you're playing with a new person, like you can tell them some stuff that might be helpful. Yeah. Um, but it's also okay if you don't totally know because it's a hard thing to predict. And you're, it's not like you're going to get X amount of experience and then no, because you're going to continually yeah. change and your experiences are going to change and your dynamics are going to change. Like, it's just the, the mark is moving as fast as you're tracking it down. So it's constantly a process of calibrating what works for you. As yeah. we were talking about it, I was thinking about uh, a scene I did at camp a year ago, I think, um, that I had, like, it was somewhat private, but I had invited a couple of people to come watch and some other people overheard because I'm loud and came and watched. And suddenly I had, like, ah, 10, 15 people watching the scene, but they didn't get there until I was, like, pretty spacey and I only knew some of the people and whatever. And I didn't realize until, like, way after the scene, but, like, I felt really, like, vulnerable and, like, everyone had seen me and, like, it was a heavy-ish scene. The scene ended, the audience dissipated, and the people involved in the scene did the aftercare situation, right? Mm-hmm. And I just didn't feel g- great after, and I didn't quite get what it was. And it wasn't until hours later that I realized, like, oh, some of the people I invited to spectate actually felt like participants in that, like, I needed them there for the aftercare. Right. And, like, had a conversation with the per- with one of my friends there and said then they were like, oh, like, what? And, and they were like, oh, well, did you want, like, more participation during it? I was like, no, no, it was, like, I didn't realize, but I just needed to hear, like, it was a fun show, I guess, that, like, right. I had done the thing. I was like, you also thought I did a cool thing? Like, I needed a, a, an emotional check-in afterwards, whatever. They're like, oh, okay. And we had that conversation, and it was, like, a couple hours after the scene, whatever. And that person watched me at a to have a scene at camp this year and, like, Within two, three minutes when I was still floaty came over and was like, I just wanted to say this part was really hot and I really like like specific Aww, feedback and everything. That's so nice. And it was so sweet. Cute. And it like very much felt like like 
when I first came to them and was like, hey, I needed more feedback, they were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I was like, no, you did the smart thing. You walked away and let me have private aftercare time. You are a very knowledgeable kinkster and that is the only reasonable thing that would have made sense to do in that moment. Mm-hmm. But actually I've learned this is a thing that's helpful for me. And like a year later, they still remember and I was like, oh, actually we need to do it this way and we need to do it like more soon afterwards and things. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, it... It feels true to this conversation of like, what are you going to need when things don't feel quite right? And it's like, yeah, I just had this creeping feeling of like, "Mm, something didn't land quite right. And I think what would have made me feel better is this thing. Mm -hmm. And like those little tweaks that can like eventually build into whatever kind of relationship play dynamic, et cetera, you know? Yep. Yeah, that's really sweet. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us for this part one of our safe word discussion. We will be talking about this in a part two. Some of the questions coming up include uh, how to handle safe words if the bottom tends to go nonverbal during play, how to normalize safe word usage, um, how doms and tops safe word and how to know if you need to do that. Uh, We have so many questions um, for next time. If you want to submit more safe word questions, you can tweet at me at girly underscore juice, or you can email us thedildorks at gmail.com. I've been Kate Sloan. I have a sex blog at girlyjuice.net. I have two books out, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, and 200 Words to Help You Talk About Sexuality and Gender. I am on Twitter and Instagram. I know it's called X now. I'm still going to call it Twitter. Mm -hmm. It's girly underscore juice. You can also follow me on threads. Same username. Uh, Yeah. Where's your stuff? I'm Billy Lore. You can find all my porn and information about my workshops and all the other stuff I do over at BillyLore.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at BillyLore. Together we are the Dildorks. We're at thedildorks.com and at the Dildorks on Twitter and Instagram. We're also at patreon.com slash the Dildorks. That's where you throw money at us, help us keep doing this thing that we do, get access to our Discord for $6 a month. We got lots of friends in there. And uh, head o- get a listen to our exclusive bonus episodes for $12 a month. I think we're like close to a milestone over on Patreon right now. We're like a couple people away from... Uh, a hundred patrons right now, which is pretty exciting. So like come throw money at us. We're we're charming and you like hanging out with us. Yeah. You could make us really happy. You could be a very good boy, girl, person, listener. <laughs> um, I want to say thank you to our top tier Patreon supporters who we love so much. Sabatha Christie, Amy, Nat, MB, and Amelia. We really appreciate your support. Thank you also to Protodome, who did our theme song. Thank you to Amy, who did our logo. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. Okay, I actually did like a lot of research for this episode. Oh, nice. I wanted to know what the fuck I'm talking about, but like I don't know that it'll come through. It's just like there was some shit I wanted to go back and like re-watch or re-read about this. Yeah, Um, it usually comes through. I just have a lot of opinions, so. Yeah, that's fine. You know. (laughs) I like glanced at a couple of the questions beforehand and was like, oh, okay. Oh, hmm. It could be a two-parter. Like there's a lot of these. We'll see. Yeah. We'll have to reschedule next week's, by the way, because I will be getting beaten at 4 p.m. on Friday. Mm. Um, so yeah. we'll probably have to move it to the following Monday or something. Uh, Yeah, that'll be fine. I have an interview around that time anyway, so that's good for me, too. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I will be hanging from the ceiling getting beaten. That'd be great. <laughs> okay. Motherfucker I will, said- I'll be interviewing someone about the magic wand. <laughs> Motherfucker said mid-negotiation we were talking and about how it was going to suspend me and was like, and we'll have one leg up and we'll have the other leg down where you can have like, you know, a couple toes and like part of your foot on the floor, you know, which will make it like a little bit more sustainable that way. And I'm like, no, it won't. The fuck you mean? No, it won't. (laughs) That's not how partials, that's not how partials work. Anyway. I had a line in one of my fanfic chapters recently where these two old, old friends were catching up about their sex lives and, um, and this woman was like, 
I met this guy at this party and he suspended me. And the and the guy she's talking to is like, what is that? Like a teacher student thing? Like, like, attention <laughs> didn't work. And she's like, not that kind of suspension. Nope. 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 <laughs> All right. That's right. Uh,